are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Heading into the weekend, sometimes Fridays are slow. I feel like I got a lot to get to today. I'm going to try and squeeze it into that 20-minute window. We've been 24, 25, even 26 minutes the last couple days. Going to make it a little bit shorter, but there's a lot of stuff to get to. So we'll get to that momentarily. As you know, this podcast brought to you by Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve135. Use code realitysteve135 to get $135 off across five boxes, plus free shipping on your first box. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve135, promo code realitysteve135. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. All right, let's get going here immediately. There's a lot to get to. Definitely some stuff in Bachelorette Nation, Bachelor Nation, Bachelorette, whatever. But first off, I want to talk about the podcast that I mentioned real quick yesterday. Remember I said yesterday that starting on Monday, I'm going to um, move this podcast up an hour. And that means that it will be in your feeds by 8 a.m. Eastern. It's always been in your feeds by 9 a.m. Eastern. I just think the language is funny. Because when I said that, I was like, wait a second. When you say you're moving something up an hour, if you literally think of that, you'd be like taking that 8 o'clock start and moving it, or 9 o'clock that it was, and moving it up an hour. If you visualize that, it's almost like, oh, you're going from 9 to 10. No. You're moving it back. Even though you're saying, I'm moving it up an hour, you're moving the actual time backwards. I even confused myself on it. And if you say, like, the same thing, you're pushing something back an hour, it's like, wait, if you're pushing something back an hour, and let's say it's supposed to be at 9 o'clock, and you're saying, I'm going to push it back an hour, you would think, literally, you're pushing it back, like you're pushing 9 back to 8, when in reality, you're pushing 9 to 10. Hope your brain didn't explode. Thank you very much for listening to my lecture today. (laughs) But I even confused myself yesterday. I was like, wait, did I say it right? I mean, I... You knew the bottom line was you're getting it an hour early starting on Monday. But I didn't know if I said it right or if it was comprehended right. So there you go. If you saw my Twitter yesterday, you know that um, two things happened. Number one, and they almost happened. They happened basically within five minutes of each other. So this was interesting. I told you last week about the fake Nate Instagram account. And I said, there's somebody every season that literally impersonates the guys from The Bachelorette looks at their Instagram account, makes its own Instagram account, steals the pictures from the real person's Instagram account, puts it on their own, changes up the Instagram name by like one or two letters so it looks similar, and then will just start following a bunch of women and putting in their Instagram stories, their Snapchat, so they can get the women to think that, oh, so-and-so's talking to me. Oh, he wants me to snap him. And then once you start snapping him, he's going to ask you for pictures and nudes. Or he'll just send you an unsolicited dick pic like somebody told me earlier last week. So, told you about that happened with Nate. Well, yesterday, somebody's doing it with Eric. And all he did was add one R to the end of Eric Schwer's Instagram handle. His real Instagram handle is Eric underscore Schwer. The fake one is Eric underscore Schwer with two R's. So, very easy to get fooled. And... When I saw that account yesterday, Eric put it up on his Instagram story. When I saw the account, it had 30,000 followers. So you might be like, how can people be so stupid? Clearly they can. I mean, it's not, it's, 
it's it's not that hard to do and most people aren't doing like a, a deep dive or a check and I don't believe any of Gabby and Rachel's men have blue check marks so it's easy to get away with it now hell even if they did have a blue check mark some people just forget so yeah I mentioned that I, I took a screenshot of it and I said hey again this guy's at it again don't fall for this this is not the real Eric Swear. I put it on my Twitter and I put it on my Instagram story However, literally five minutes later, I get an email from a Twitter account with a blue check mark, full name on it, blue check mark, says they're part of Twitter, and it basically says a community guidelines Twitter notification in my DM saying they had received numerous complaints about my account that violated the guidelines. If you define if you find the decision we made from the objection form we have given to you to be unfair, you want to appeal, you can use the objection objection form. They sent a link in that in that DM regards Twitter community. So I'm like, well, the timing of this is really weird because I just posted something. I was like, did that violate? I, I was telling I was helping people out. I didn't think that would violate anything, you know. And I look at this and I'm like, I'm scratching my head. Because it didn't say your account has been suspended. It just said. We receive numerous complaints that your account violates our guidelines. We prioritize our community guidelines and remove accounts that do not comply with the policy. And basically, should you be should have been more sensitive to community guidelines as your account is a verified account. So they know what they're doing with their wording. And I was like, but is my account working? Like, are you telling me I'm suspended? What do I have to do here? I don't get it. And so I sent out a tweet just to see if my account worked, and I wrote the word, um, that was it. <laughs> and then once I saw that it tweeted out, I just deleted my tweet. And and then the other thing I did was I, I have a friend that works at Twitter, and I took a screenshot of this conversation from this account, and I'm like, hey, is this real? Because it kind of seems real, and they're telling me my account's going to be suspended in 24 hours. And they said, I'll look into it, and then uh, they wrote back, and they said, first off, they said, I'm almost positive it's not real, but let me check. Then they wrote back five minutes later, it's bullshit for sure. I'm going to flag it. Can you send me the username? I did. Um, flagged it for our support team. Likely will get suspended. Definitely ignore. And then probably 10 minutes after that, they said, um, thank you for reaching out to us. We have secured and locked down the account. Now the account doesn't work. So. It sounds like this very well could have been this imposter because it happened five minutes after I told everybody, hey, this Eric account is fake. So maybe this imposter just got pissed off at me because I'm ruining his game. And it, the timing of it was, you know, that's why I initially, while it looked real, I initially was like, uh, the timing of this is five minutes after I posted something and now they're going to say something about my account, which is, I didn't think I violated any guidelines by doing that. If anything, I was helping people, you know. So anyway, that was <laughs> that was it. And the problem was within, I don't know, my, my tweet of um was up for 10 seconds. But I know that there are people in this world that have my Twitter account on their notifications. So anytime I tweet something, they immediately get a, a notification about it. And I know this because... That tweet was only up 10 seconds, and I got five emails, and they all asked me the same thing. 
uh-oh, does this have to do with spoilers? Are you changing your spoiler? I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I wasn't even thinking that when, when I tweeted. I was just, I was like, I couldn't think of anything to say. So I just was like, I just want to post something out there just to see if it shows up on my timeline. And it did. I was like, okay. So clearly my account's not suspended. I can tweet something out. And um, But I didn't realize it was going to be a full freakout mode from people that emailed me saying, does this have to do with the spoilers? Is it changing? And no, that wasn't the case at all. It was just what I just told you. Somebody tried to scam me and tried to make me think that I was going to get my account suspended and I guess wanted me to click on something. I actually did click on that link and it brought me to the actual Twitter, you know, troubleshooting page where you can appeal if your account gets suspended. So these people are good. You need to you definitely need to watch. And um, thank God I had somebody that worked at Twitter, a friend that works at Twitter that was able to at least look into it for me. And within 15 minutes, they told me like, yeah, that not real, you know, block it. And I don't need to block it anymore because they have that, that account has been flagged and doesn't look like the way it looked when they messaged me yesterday. One final bachelorette thing. Dustin put on his Instagram story yesterday that the bachelors in the city podcast Coming out today, apparently, his post said, his Instagram story said, the truth about the Nate Gates scandal drops tomorrow. So we'll see what Dustin has to say. Remember, Dustin is coming from a place where he's literally Nate's best friend or a very, very good friend that he's known for years. So it's going to be biased unless they present some sort of evidence. My my guess is that this is just going to be. Dustin saying that Nate was never into Kelsey. He's going to discredit the women. I, I I can tell you that right now because he's already calling it Nate Gate and scandal. There is no scandal here. This wasn't made up. I I don't know what to tell them, but you know he'll he'll post whatever he posts. Ivor Kelsey's very well aware. I was texting Kelsey earlier today, and I said, look, after the podcast comes out, if you want to. I'm going to ask you, frankly, like, what do you think of whatever he said? And then just tell me and I'll relay it to my audience. So expect a, uh, a response uh, from Kelsey. And I'll probably, you know, ask Larry as well and just be like, hey, what do you think of this? And put their responses on social media tomorrow. So look for that today. All right, let's get to Big Brother because there's a lot that happened last night. And I'm kind of going to kind of walk through this. Because while this is a big twist and sounds like something they've never done before, I don't know if it's really going to shake up the game. And I'll tell you why in a second. Let's get a couple corrections and updates from yesterday. Um, I did say, I remember I was asking yesterday, where have the have-nots been? I thought this was like something that we knew every week, who was in the have-nots, who was eating slop every week. And I guess uh, a few of you emailed me, and I, I guess it's just not been televised. It's very it's happening every week. There have been have nots. It's just not been a focal point of what's being shown on TV, but it is happening. I was like, okay. And then the other screw up I had yesterday, if you listen to my podcast with Kristen Baldwin, was the Daniel stuff. I for some reason I thought Daniel was the first member of the jury. Clearly, if you watched last night's episode, you know that he wasn't. If you haven't watched last night's episode yet, spoilers coming in the next, you know, five minutes or so. But Indy was eliminated. She is the first member of the jury. And so we go from here and I, why did, I guess they just wanted to show us a lot of backstory because for the two hour episode, they didn't get to the eviction vote until an hour and 15 minutes in, 
which I thought was okay. Seems a bit long. First hour was just, you know, the footage from basically last Friday till today. So they had a lot to get to and update us and, you know, giving us the the punk tard concerts and all of Terrence's tattoos. It's like, okay, that's the hokey part of the game that I don't really care for. But did we get a warning before last night if you follow along online or did CBS make an announcement that there was going to be a live audience? If I'm not mistaken, this is the first live audience since 2019. They have not had a live audience since 2019, obviously before the pandemic, and finally had one last night. So it looks like we're going to get live audiences every Thursday night and finale night. So that's good to see again. I know it's been years, a couple of years since we've seen that. But was that known? Because I, when I tuned into the episode, I had no idea there was going to be a live audience last night. Now, the new twist. There's going to be two separate Big Brother games being played. One is going to be in the house. I don't remember the name of it. And that's going to be the head of household by Michael. And one is going to be outside. Head of household is Terrence. Each person will have four other members. It's going to be two teams of five. Neither of them will interact for the next week until next Thursday. So I am looking at this and I'm going, okay. And the show ends last night by saying the way you pick your, the way you're going to get your teams is you're just going to do regular playground style picking. I think Michael picks first, so he's going to pick somebody, then Terrence or whatever. But here's the thing. There's 10 people left in the game. Michael is HOH, Terrence is HOH. They're each going to pick four players for their team. And there's going to be a HOA uh, there's going to be a power veto competition within that five person team and there's going to be a power a power veto nomination ceremony and there, or it's going to be HOH is going to put two people up, then they're going to have a nomination ceremony or a POV, then a POV nomination ceremony, an eviction, all that stuff. But just two game, two teams of five, it's going to be broken down into. But here's the thing. There's, so they're, they're drafting from eight people. Well, six of those eight people are part of the leftovers. Joseph, Monty, Kyle, Taylor, Turner, Brittany. Alyssa and Jasmine are on the outside. So assuming, I guess this is a big assumption because I guess things could possibly change, but assuming that the leftovers stay with the leftovers and keep their alliance. Every one of the, even if Alyssa and Jasmine end up on the same team, every one of these teams will have more leftovers on their team than, than non leftovers. The only people left in the game that would be on the team would be Alyssa and Jasmine. Let's just say Michael's team consists of Alyssa, Jasmine and two other players. doesn't matter. The two other players would be from the leftovers. I guess that one could end up living, eliminating a leftover player would be the only way because if Alyssa and Jasmine are Alyssa and Jasmine are on separate teams, if one of them ends up on Michael's team and one of them ends up on Terrence's team, that means there's three leftovers on one. There's four leftovers on one team and one non-leftover, and the other team will have three leftovers and two non-leftovers. So they have the numbers. As long as Alyssa and Jasmine are on separate teams, and as of this recording, I don't even think the live feeds are back up yet. By the time you listen to this, you might have already gone online and know what the teams are. All I'm saying is, unless Alyssa and Jasmine end up on Michael's team, 
leftovers are going to have the majority on both teams. And so I got to believe that Alyssa and Jasmine are the next two to go, right? Am I miss? Am I blanking on something here? Am I missing something logically? Because that certainly seems to be the case. And I'm thinking out loud right now, and I just don't see any other way. The only way would be if Michael, Alyssa, and Jasmine end up on the same team. And then let's say Joseph and Monty are the other two on that five-person team, and they live outside for a week. And Michael puts up Joseph and Monty because he's siding with Alyssa and Jasmine. Okay, Joseph and Monty. And then, so even if he puts up two leftovers, they still have a chance to win power of veto. One of them comes off. Let's say Joseph or Monty wins power veto, takes himself off. Michael has to put Alyssa or Jasmine next to Joseph or Monty. And so Alyssa or Jasmine is sitting next to Joseph or Monty. And and Michael wouldn't be a vote. I He would be the tie. It sounds like it would, that would be a tiebreaker vote, and Michael would probably vote out Joseph or Monty. So that's really the only way it looks like a leftover would be going home if Michael and Alyssa and Jasmine stick together. If not, it's just going to be Alyssa and Jasmine, the next two to go, especially if they're on separate teams. They're screwed. So I don't know if they were allowed to talk. That's going to be interesting. Where is Michael allowed to talk to them? Because they were standing about you know, 20 feet away. Is he allowed to talk before they pick their teams? Because I know they were all talking to each other, the eight that were going to be picked. It'll be interesting. But Unless I'm missing something, please let me know. It looks like this is just going to be a pickoff of Alyssa and Jasmine unless one of them wins power of veto or and 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 saves themselves. Yeah, I guess there's I guess there's always that. Even if they're on separate teams, what if they both win power of veto in theirs within their team? Then they're not going home and we get we're having two leftovers go home. Okay. I didn't think this out very good. But yeah, so I guess it all depends on power veto. But and Alyssa and Jasmine being on Michael's team. But if they don't put it this way, if Alyssa and Jasmine are on separate teams and they don't win to save themselves, they're gone. Assuming leftovers vote together. All right. My head's hurting right now. So I just want to end with this. I talked about it last week. Deshaun Watson. The NFL came down and changed his suspension from six games to now 11. Over half the season, not the full season that the NFL was hoping for, but again, very, very disappointing. Deshaun Watson in those 11 games, because when Cleveland structured his contract this year, they were only going to pay him $1 million this year because they knew he was probably going to get some sort of suspension. So for 11 games, he's going to lose $632,500 in game check. Hefty amount to me and you, but when you signed a $230 million guaranteed contract with the Cleveland Browns in the offseason, losing six hundred thirty-two five plus another $5 million he got suspended that he got fined for that he's going to have to donate to a charity, who cares? That doesn't do anything. That doesn't send any sort of message, especially now when he made his statement yesterday. He wasn't even saying he did anything wrong again. He says he stands by his innocence. It's like, look, a judge found you guilty of nonviolent sexual assault, and he's still standing by his innocence. He's basically shunning his nose at the 
basic settlements that he gave out and said just because there's been settlements doesn't mean an admission of guilt. He said that yesterday in his press conference. I mean, he just doesn't get it. And if you're the Cleveland Browns owner, Jimmy Haslam, you know, coming out saying people deserve second chances, and I'm all for that. Of course they deserve second chances. But the problem is you gave him $230 million fully guaranteed. Someone deserves a second chance after they prove themselves and they've rehabilitated themselves. He's done nothing. And if anything, he's gone the other way. All he apologized for was this being a triggering situation for women, but did not take any responsibility. Uh, He's, God, the apology felt so hollow. He's apologizing for how he made women feel, but not for his behavior. A, A typical hollow apology. It's unbelievable how this has turned out. It's ugly. Six hundred thirty-two thousand five, six thirty-two five plus another five million in fine to go to a charity. I'm sorry, that's nothing, because he's got a two hundred thirty million dollar contract guaranteed coming to him. Because the Browns are so desperate to be relevant again in the NFL, because they've been horseshit for thirty years, longer than that. So, just so disappointing to see that. Anyway, thank you all for listening. We'll be back on Monday. I'm sure we're going to be talking about uh, whatever Dustin says on the podcast today. But I hope you all have a great weekend. Thank you for making the Daily Roundup a ever-increasing show. The numbers have been increasing every single week for the five weeks it's been on. Next week we start weekend number six. And I can't thank you enough uh, for listening and participating and sending me emails and and telling me stuff when I make mistakes and telling me stuff when you have an opinion to throw in as well. I really appreciate it. So hope you all have a great weekend and we will talk to you Monday. See you.